he knew what the team was. He decided to go there anyway. We can trust that guy with the franchise, right? The people he's messing up with, they're messing up the team's record. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Every time the moon shines, I become alive. Yeah, and every time the moon shines, I become alive. Yeah, I'm feeling strange in the night. I'm not myself. the pool shark sports podcast friday it's february it's the 15th it's 2019 beautiful beautiful week in richmond virginia it's been great out thanks for being with us today we're getting better and better better and better action packed episode for you today we're gonna have daryl felton on later to talk some nba but first i want to start with this do you know anybody that has a job or is in a position not because of their qualifications or their experience or their education or anything along those lines, but just because of who they are. Maybe they're somebody's kid. Maybe they're, they have a name in their area for some reason. Who they are almost doesn't even matter. Maybe they're just... Maybe they just got it because they're friends with a guy who's friends with the interviewer. Something like that. They're in a position. They could, it could be any position. They could change tires at a mechanic or they could be a school teacher. But don't you know somebody who has a job that got hired not because they were qualified but because of who they are? That's John Elway. What are John Elway's qualifications for being a general manager in the league? Certainly doesn't have the track record. Tim Tebow won seven games in a row. Got rid of him. Lucked out with Peyton Manning. I'm not saying he shouldn't have got him or that that was a bad move. What I'm saying is he's lucky to have gotten Peyton Manning. And since that retirement, what's happened? Handed the keys to the franchise over to Paxton Lynch. Good call, John. That guy's good. Realized he wasn't going to win the bowl, so hand the keys over to Case Keenum. That guy's the real deal. Won a couple games in Minnesota. We can trust that guy with the franchise, right? One year. One year with no Emmanuel Sanders, straight away to Marius Thomas. One year and... Let's get 34-year-old Joe Flacco. I like Joe Flacco. I'm from Delaware. Joe Flacco's a good quarterback. Joe Flacco's arguably better than Case Keenum. But is that a trade for your franchise? Is, is that a win-now move? Is that a develop-the-next-guy move? What I, I don't even understand what kind of move this is. They're not trying to develop Case Keenum. They said they're trying to trade him, restructure his contract, or, or release him. They don't want Case Keenum anymore. They're on to Joe Flacco. I don't think 
John Elway's good at his job. I think he won a ring, one ring, well-deserved ring, great quarterback, and I think they hired him as their general manager because you can't say no to John. You said this one's for John. Then, when you won the ring, and, and you never went back on it, the whole organization is John's now because he got you a ring. He's not a good general manager. This isn't a good trade. Joe Flacco isn't, isn't what's he going to do? Y- you still don't have Demarius Thomas. He's still 34 years old. He's still somewhat of a liability in the regular season. I don't know. I, John Elway has never done anything as a front office guy. It proves to me he deserves to be there. He was a good quarterback. He won a ring. And, you know, now, now he has a job because of it. I'm not hating. I'm just pointing things out. If I got offered a job that I wasn't qualified for on account of some arbitrary fact about myself, I would accept the job if it was going to make me a millionaire or if I really wanted the position. I would accept it. Absolutely. You'd be a fool not to. That doesn't make John Elway a good general manager. That's all I have to say on that. I don't think John Elway is their guy. The guy that's going to do a great job is the Broncos general manager. Other NFL news. Cliff Kingsbury today. Apparently this is news. Cliff Kingsbury said Josh Rosen is our guy in Arizona. Wow, that's breaking. Our starting quarterback that we took in the top 10 last year is our guy. Hey, media. No duh, he's their guy. You're blowing this up because of a clip you saw of Cliff Kingsbury when he was the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Everyone and their mother is just like, but Cliff, I heard you say, while you were a coach of a different team, while you were halfway through your season at Texas Tech, you said maybe if you were an NFL coach and had the number one pick, you would take Kyler Murray. Media. You're really holding him to that? I get it. You're the media. Your job is to make a big deal out of nothing. Write a story about something that's real. Make it look real. Everyone buys the book. I get it. He was never going to draft Kyler Murray. Are you kidding me? He said that halfway through the season while he was the head coach of Texas Tech. They were just about to play Oklahoma. They were supposed to have played him two separate times previously in the season. He had been studying this kid. Of course you're going to say that kid looks really good. He does look really good. Why would he not have said that? The odds of him becoming a man with the number one pick in the NFL draft just months after that happening are so astronomically low, there is not a chance he could even fathom that that was going to happen. He was merely pointing out that Kyler Murray is good. And everyone already knows it. Of course Josh is their guy. Why would Josh Rosen not be their guy? They picked him in the first round last year. He had absolutely no advantages, no resources, terrible offensive line, no offense around him, defensive-minded coach. I'm going to make a comparison that you guys aren't going to like, but Jared Goff. 
Everyone thought he was a bust. After his first year, I think he was 2-14, and 14, and everyone was like, wow, the Rams are a joke. The Rams switched from a defensive coach to an offensive coach. Huh, Jared Goff looks okay. Jared Goff just played in the Super Bowl. Look, the Cardinals aren't as good as the Rams, but you can't write him off after one year where he didn't perform well when he had no help and a defensive coach. Why would they abandon him for Kyler Murray? For a, a five-foot-nothing baseball player? I don't know how good Kyler Murray is going to be in the NFL, but it's a risk. He's tiny. He's a small guy. Josh Rosen, he, he's an NFL-ready quarterback. He's an NFL-ready quarterback. He's smart pre-play. He's an accurate passer. Doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Doesn't make bad decisions. He, he's a Tom Brady mold. Obviously, he's not that good. I'm not saying the kid's Tom Brady. But his strengths, though they're not as strong as Brady's strengths, are the same strengths. Great decision maker. Disciplined. Smart pre-play. Accurate passer. You don't have to be prolific. You don't have to be dynamic at the quarterback position. You got to be smart. You got to be accurate. That's Josh Rosen. Why, why would they pick Kyler Murray? They have their quarterback. They have their quarterback and the number one overall draft pick. So many bad teams would kill to be in that position. Normally, if you have that draft pick, it's because you don't have a quarterback. You need to get that guy, and then the next five years are to build around him. They already have him. They already have their guy. They can literally get whoever they want on planet Earth to start building around Josh Rosen. Why would they get another quarterback? Yes, I've heard that they can trade Rosen to the Patriots, set him behind Tom Brady for a couple years, get some value, draft Kyler Murray. Don't do that. Don't trade with the Patriots. Anytime anyone has ever traded with Bill Belichick, Belichick won the trade. Even if I was certain I was making a good trade with the Patriots, I would not go through with it because it's the Patriots. They're going to pull one over on you. I don't know how, but they're good at it. That's what they do. You don't trade Josh Rosen to the Patriots. Are you kidding me? That doesn't seem like news to me. Josh is our guy. Of course he's your guy. The head coach said the quarterback is our guy. Every head coach says that. I'm so annoyed by this story. It's not a story. Josh Rosen is their quarterback. Several months ago, before he was an NFL head coach, while he was in the middle of the season at a different job, he said that he liked Kyler Murray, and if he had the number one pick, he'd probably take him. That might as well have been a toddler speaking. He didn't know anything of what was going to happen. He took the job at USC. He wouldn't do that if he thought he was going to get NFL offers. Are you kidding? He had no idea he was going to go to the NFL or a team with the number one pick. He had no idea. He was just saying that Kyler's really good. Kyler is really good. Come on, people. You know better than that. Uh, but anyway, that's about all that's going on in the NFL right now. Just player personnel moves the offseason. Kind of how it goes. About this time of year. 
there's still a lot to talk about. Ton of NBA news. God, the NBA is fascinating right now. Headed into the All-Star break this weekend. Lakers just got blown out by Atlanta. That's interesting. Saw the media freak out when Rajon Rondo hit that buzzer beater. About how, how the Lakers were resurrected. I saw that word. I really did. Resurrected. Season resurrected. The King is back. Going to make the playoffs. And then they get blown out by the Sixers. And blown out by the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not going to say I told you so, but the team's not any good. Team's bad. LeBron James, triple-double last night after the game said, I don't care about my triple-double. We lost. We got we to gotta head into this all-star break, get away from the game, and just reset our minds because we suck right now. He didn't say that we suck right now part. He did say we have to go into this all-star break, get away from the game, and clear our minds. He's literally saying, I, we, we, we're pretty bad. We need a break. LeBron doesn't get a break. LeBron has to play in the All-Star game. Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram get a break. The dudes that don't like playing with LeBron get a break. I shouldn't say that. I don't know who likes LeBron. I wouldn't like LeBron. I don't think Kuzma has a problem with LeBron. I think Kuzma's... It's easy for him to be a consummate professional because he's legitimately good. The other guys, if I was Brandon Ingram, I wouldn't like LeBron. I wouldn't like him at all. I wouldn't want to play with him. My mindset on LeBron would be, LeBron James, I know that you're better than me. Help me get better. I'm your teammate. I'm like 23 years old. I'm young. You're a veteran, not just a veteran, but you're LeBron James. You're one of the best to ever play this game, and you don't have the patience to deal with me. I'm just, I'm just an, an annoyance to you. I'm just a nuisance for you. Yeah, they're going to get a break from the game. They're going to go do whatever they want for a weekend. If I was Brandon Ingram, I would, oh, I'd have a great weekend. That's all I'll say on that. I would have a really, really good weekend without LeBron James this weekend during the All-Star break. I'd have a blast. I wouldn't think about basketball. I wouldn't think about it at all. That's for sure. LeBron's right. They're going to have their minds cleared. They're going to come back and um, do something. I don't know. I don't know what LeBron has in mind. I mean, he said he's not scared because he only worries about making or missing the playoffs once that happens. My take on I, I I don't I think it's easy for him to say that because he's not scared of missing the playoffs. And I don't think he's not scared I think he's not scared of missing the playoffs simply because he's confident. He trusts himself and he should. He's LeBron James. If he doesn't trust himself, then he, he shouldn't be competing night in and night out. That's not how competition works, especially when you're legitimately good and a professional. But but he's confident he's going to make the playoffs because he thinks when they come back from the All-Star break, he can snap it into gear and start winning a bunch of games. Not necessarily a bunch of games, but win consistently and, and play better basketball. I'm not convinced that, that, that it's possible. 
I'm not saying it won't happen. He's King James. He's King James. He could snap it into gear, and they could have a 66 winning percentage the rest of the year and make the playoffs as an 8 seed. No chance they'll get the 7 seed, in my opinion. I don't think they'll get the 8 seed, but it's possible. They could get that 8 seed. If I'm going to take a guess, I don't think it's going to happen. It's a bad team. LeBron believes they can do it. He believes after a little break they can come back and win a bunch of games, and that's reasonable. I understand why he thinks that. I just think he's wrong. I think he's a little bit more confident than he should be because he's the one playing. If you're not confident as a player, you're going to lose. If you don't think you're going to make the playoffs, you will never make the playoffs. The Celtics last year, if they didn't genuinely believe they had a chance to beat LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals, they wouldn't have taken him to seven games. They would have lost in, in they would have got swept, lost in five. They don't take him to seven games if they don't think they can win. You have to believe. So I get why he's saying it. But people, do you really think the Lakers are that good of a team? Looking at their basketball, have they played that well? They're going to fire Luke Walton. They're going to fire Luke Walton. I bet it's going to happen this weekend. I think the next time the Lakers play a game in the National Basketball Association, their head coach will be some human being that is not named Luke Walton. Now that's a whole other point of discussion. Is that fair? And that, That's a tough thing to comment on because it's hard to say it's hard to say whether or not the fact that that team sucks is his fault. What you can say is that they have great young talent, or seemingly great young talent. They have Lonzo, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, all these fellas that aren't developing. Kyle Kuzma's good, but have you seen tremendous improvement under Luke Walton's tenure? I certainly haven't, and I haven't seen it with the other fellas either. Ingram still can't shoot. Lonzo, uh, I don't even know what to say about Lonzo. Lonzo still looks like he's at UCLA. Doesn't look like he's mentally really acclimated to the NBA game yet. He's not playing bad. He is seemingly improving. But it doesn't look like he's becoming a more dynamic player. It just looks like he's played in some NBA games. He has played in some NBA games. He should look like that. But I don't think it's a matter of Luke Walton is underperforming and so he's going to get fired because of it. I think it's a matter of LeBron James wants someone else to be their coach. LeBron James is almost too smart for his own good. He, he realizes that Luke Walton isn't perfect, but what he doesn't realize is the continuity is important. You have three guys on your team that all have key roles that are under the age of 25. Obviously not really a hundred, but you can't say he's not a veteran. He has a he has a championship. He won a ring with, with the Celtics and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, that squad. Kendrick Perkins. I think Scalabrini. <laughs> Good old Brian. But, uh, I mean, these young guys, you, you can't just be have a carousel at coach. 
they've had a carousel coach before LeBron got there. They had gone through several coaches. It wasn't like he came into a situation where they had had a consistent coach and now it's changing. Hmm. No, he came into a situation with a slow-moving Ferris wheel at at head coach, and he just sped up the Ferris wheel. That's all that's happening here. I'm not saying this team needs Luke Walton, but firing Luke Walton is not just unnecessary. It's kind of a bad look. It's kind of a bad look. Handling LeBron as a head coach is not easy because you're going to get told what to do. And as a head coach, your job is to tell the players what to do. He literally has to make up, I shouldn't say literally, he for the most part really does have to make up two game plans because there's a game plan when LeBron James is on the court and there's a game plan when he's not. It's not easy to coach LeBron James. And this makes two pit stops in a row where LeBron James gets to a team with a new head coach and young players and just changes the coach. Last time it worked, but I don't know. It's just the optics look bad to me. The optics look really bad. LeBron just kind of, again, is making himself look like he, he looks like he's moping. I don't like this coach. Magic, we should get a new coach. That'll make us win. That'll make us win. If we get a new coach, then these young guys will all be better at basketball. Shut the hell up, LeBron James. Shut up and go play ball. You're really good at it. Last night, I'm going to call you out. It didn't look like you tried on defense. You put up a triple-double, and you did try to win that game. I could tell that you were going hard. You were putting in a lot of effort, but not on the defensive side of the ball. But it's your coach's fault that you're losing? Play defense. Lift your teammates up. It's a team game. I know you're the best one to ever do it, but you still need four other guys on the court with you. I don't like it at all. I don't think they should fire Luke Walton. I I don't know what they should do. Honestly, I mean, there I, I don't really think there's anything they can do right now. They the only thing they can do is play for next season. If they make the playoffs, if that's a huge if they make the playoffs, they'll be the eight seed, they'll play the Warriors in the first round, and they will get swept, and it will be the first time in LeBron James's career that he has not advanced through the first round of the playoffs. It will be the first time in his career that LeBron James qualified for postseason basketball and does not make it through the first round. And that's if they make it. Firing Luke Walton is not your answer, LeBron James. Is not your answer, Magic Johnson. I don't know what you think it's going to accomplish. Don't fire him. Don't fire him. It's not going to help. You don't have a good basketball team. You're not trying hard on defense. It's not your coach's fault. It's not your coach's fault. That's enough of that. I'm super over the Lakers. Super over the Lakers. Really just 
kind of tired of hearing about him because it's the same story. It's We have to talk about him every day because LeBron James is on the team and they're in L.A., but there's nothing to talk about. They're a very mediocre, somewhat bad basketball team. It's kind of a dumpster fire right now. What is there to talk about other than, yeah, they don't look that good. Kind of sick of hearing about it. A little bit sick of hearing about it. You know what I'm not sick of hearing about? Zion Williamson. Which might be surprising, because he's the only thing you seem to ever hear about in college hoops. But this kid is crazy. It's so exciting just to, you know, follow the hype train around Zion. He's so physically physically gifted and dominant over these other college players. But something that I think is laughable. Have you guys seen this this photo that's going viral of uh is it's during the Louisville game and he was wrestling for a loose ball uh with a player on the Louisville squad and he's 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 kind of positioned behind the Louisville player behind his left shoulder he's like reaching in to grab the ball from that Louisville player and where his left hand comes into contact with the ball you can see like a a small dimple in the ball like a depression where he's grasping it and i'm seeing headlines i'm seeing articles i'm hearing it on the radio Everywhere you look, Zion Williams, Zion Williams, excuse me, Zion Williams, superhuman, can bend a basketball. All right, let me break this down. If you have never picked up a basketball, go pick one up. If you do not have a basketball, Maybe go buy one from Walmart for $8. Once you have a basketball, put your hands on the sides of the ball and squeeze inwards. Golly, you can do it too. Zion Williams is dynamic. He's an athletic freak. He's going to be a the number one, if not the number two draft pick this year in the lottery. He's a great player. Who cares that he put a dimple in the ball? It wasn't permanent. He didn't damage the ball. Him and another grown man that probably weighs over 200 pounds were fighting as hard as they could to rip a ball out of one another's hands. The ball is filled with air, not cement. Not to mention Louisville is a team with shooters, so they probably want the ball on the lower end of the inflated range than the higher end. Look, there's a range. In, in basketball, there's a range of PSI that you're allowed to have the ball inflated to. If you're a team that takes a lot of jump shots, it's advantageous to have less inflated balls. You're going to get more forgiveness around the rim. I'm not saying that that makes it astronomically easier to do what Zion did to the ball and put a little dimple in it. But a five-year-old could pick up that very same basketball and put a dimple in it with his hands. That's not news. That's a real picture. People are questioning if it's real. Of course it's real. It's a rubber ball. How how, How unintelligible is it to you 
that a rubber ball can bend. Oh, man. Pe people never cease to amaze me. Not at all. Not at all. The Celtics. Celtics also amaze me. Um, what's up with these Celtics? All the talent in the world. So much talent. They're better without Kyrie. They score more without him this season. They're 8-2. and two. They win more without him. Better winning percentage. They score 5 points a game more. A little over 5 points a game more, actually. They have more assists without him. Better defense without him. That's interesting. Not surprising, but that's interesting. Here's why it's not surprising. Stars, especially scorers, bring down team efficiency. It's proven. That doesn't mean they make your team worse. They bring down your team's efficiency. Look at Russell Westbrook. And look at James Harden. Those guys are not efficient. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are not efficient. When you take Kyrie Irving off the court, that frees up eight seconds of every single possession. Every single possession that Kyrie would be on the court, I should say. It frees up that much time. Because Kyrie's a guy, you give him the ball for 10 seconds, he's probably going to score. If not, he'll pass it and someone else will take a shot. That's Kyrie Irving. He's so good at scoring that it's kind of worth doing that, honestly. He can score a command. But what is the Celtics' biggest strength? Think about it. What's their biggest strength? I think I know what their biggest strength is. It's their administration. It's Danny Ainge and it's Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is taking a ton of heat right now because they're not winning that many games. I don't think that's fair. Jason Tatum just said he wouldn't mind being traded to, to New Orleans over the summer as part of the Anthony Davis trade. Jason Tatum wants to be the man somewhere. Jason Tatum wants to be Kyrie. Jason Tatum wants to leave a great situation for a crappy situation. If that happened in the middle of next season, Jason Tatum would call Danny Ainge and apologize, say, hey, I was a little egotistical. I wasn't a good teammate in my time there. I'm sorry, Danny. Maybe I shouldn't have left. That sounds familiar. At Kyrie Irving. That sounds really familiar. These guys, Brad Stevens is struggling to manage these guys' personalities because these guys aren't smart. I shouldn't say they're not smart. That's a generalization. But these guys aren't being practical right now. Terry Rozier is complaining about his minutes. To be fair, I haven't heard him complain about his minutes in a month or two. But this season, more than one time, Terry Rozier has complained about his minutes. Kyrie Irving is on your team. 
you are obviously by far not the best point guard on your team. And he's getting a ton of minutes. Watching the Celtics play, Terry Rozier is a huge part of the game, huge part of their game plan. He gets very important minutes. He gets high-stake minutes. He gets a lot of minutes. He scores the ball effectively. Terry Rozier, what is there to complain about? Jason Tatum, why do you want to leave? If your only goal in the NBA is to build as big of a... I shouldn't even say that. If your only goal in the NBA is to make as much money as possible, I get it. I really do. Go to New Orleans, get the Supermax contract, play the rest of your career, never win a championship, never make the playoffs higher than like a, you know, five, four seed, something like that. Don't win anything. Just make a lot of money. Be a guy that was the best player on a bad team for a couple years and retire and have a nice life. That's fine. I really do understand it. But don't you want to win something? Don't don't you want to win? Don't you want to win a ring? You lost in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games last year. Didn't that sting? Don't you want to rebound? Don't don't you want to win in the Eastern Conference Finals now and prove to the world you can? The only thing you're ever going to prove if you go to New Orleans is that winning isn't all that important to you. That's what Kyrie has done. That's exactly what Kyrie has done. This move to Boston, the only thing that it's proved about Kyrie Irving isn't his value as a basketball player. It's that he wasn't that smart when he was young. It's that he thought his market value was higher than it really was. It's that he thought he could win a title on his own. Michael Jordan could not win a title on his own. Michael Jordan had a future MVP on his team. Not to mention perhaps the best defensive player ever. I shouldn't say best defensive player ever. Uh, the best intimidator ever, if you consider the intimidator to be a real role in, in basketball. Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr. I mean, Michael Jordan was never alone. Why would any basketball player think they can do anything by themselves? LeBron James can't do it by himself. You've seen it. He couldn't do it with the Cavs by himself. He can't do it with the Lakers by himself. No one can do it by themselves. Stay in a good situation and try to win. You're going to get paid. I want to get someone else's opinion on this. Let's talk to Daryl. Let's talk to Daryl Felton. And with that, welcome to the show, Daryl Felton. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you very much, Tampa. Nice to see you again here from me. How you doing? I'm doing very well, very well. Very excited to have you on the show today. Uh, really want to talk about those Boston Celtics with you. Um, see, <laughs> there, a lot of people are saying things like they're falling apart right now. I don't see that. They've only lost two games this month and only four last month. But I will say they're better without Kyrie Irving. They're better when he doesn't play. This season when he does not play, they're 9-2. and two. This season when he does play, they're 28-19. and 19. They have an 82% winning percentage without him, 60% winning percentage with him. And I've heard a ton of people say, well, 
he's not playing in the games where they're playing playoff teams. He always plays those games. Well, first of all, you're wrong. Second of all, if you look at their record against playoff teams, it gets better when he's not there. On the season, the Celtics are 16-14 and 14 versus playoff teams. In games where Kyrie plays against playoff teams, they're 12-12. and 12. In games where he doesn't, they're 4-2. Oh, in yeah. games where Kyrie does not play, they score more on offense. Their efficiency is up. Their three-point shooting is up percentage-wise. Their assists are up. Their opponent scoring is down. Across the board, they're better when Kyrie Irving doesn't play. What do you think? First question. How many games did you say, what was their record for when Kyrie does play? Their record when he does play is 28-19. and 19. That is 47 games compared to 11 games they play without him. I argue that it's easier for a team to do better and have better stats in 11 games than it is for a team to have good stats and better stats than in, in 47 games. That's just a sample size argument. Okay, I'll hear that, but what, what makes it really compelling to me isn't just that the numbers say they're a little better without him. It's that every number does, both record and, like, I pointed out all these stats, scoring, efficiency, assists, three-point shooting, field goal percentage, opponent scoring. They're Defensively, they're a better team. Offensively, they're a better team. It's Even if they, were, if they had the same exact winning percentage, all those other stats say they're better without them. Statistically, you play better basketball without him, but your team without Kawhi or without Kyrie isn't. They can get through the Eastern Conference. They will lose to Toronto. They could get. They would slide by Philly. Slide if they beat Philly. Would not be surprised if they lost Philly. But you still need a superstar. Like without Kyrie. You do play better basketball, but it's not championship-winning basketball. It's more efficient basketball. But, like, the Rockets without James Harden, they probably play way more efficient basketball. But they're not, it's not going to win the championship. Even though I do think, speaking on the Rockets real quick, that type of basketball that Harden's playing isn't championship basketball either. But just had to say that. I just will say that I don't know if Kyrie's the right like, right best player on your team that you guys have now. I don't know if he's the right one, but he's the one you've got right now. And it's past the trade deadline. If you wanted to get rid of Kyrie, you should have got something. I don't know what, if anybody was, if they were even shopping Kyrie or anything, but statistically, you do play better, but it's not going to be enough without Kyrie. I want to talk about that point you just made about him not being the right best guy because I really like that. That's a good point. Um, I, unpopular opinion, I think they should have traded him for that exact reason. Um, I think they're better without him. I think he's the wrong best guy. And I think without him, they're simply more likely to win. I mean, look, last year, Eastern Conference Finals, they take LeBron James to seven games. Not only that, they almost win until that fourth quarter. They look like they had that game. Um, but this team is without him is a contender and they all know it that's the thing it's the same team that they had in that in those eastern conference finals last year granted Kyrie and Hayward are playing now they were injured but they know they can win without those guys and so i don't think they'll need those guys to win in the playoffs i think they'll be confident in the playoffs and i don't think there's a team 
that's as hard to beat as LeBron's Cavs last year in the East right now. I will say LeBron's Cavs last year are not as good as the Toronto Raptors this year. So I disagree at that point. The Raptors are going to be a much harder team than LeBron's team was last year. Based on the simple fact is last year LeBron was like the only player on that team. And then the Raptors, they have multiple pieces, including Siakam, who's becoming a very nice player. Very nice player. But I agree with Kyrie not being the right piece. Your team is a championship contending team without a closer, without Kyrie, but like you're already, you're not going to be able to blow out teams in the in the playoffs like that. You're not going to be able to – it's going to come down to someone making that shot, whether it be Jason Tatum or who else. It doesn't matter, but I just feel like, yes, it's okay to get rid of Kyrie. Your team may be playing better with Kyrie without Kyrie, but to get rid of Kyrie without getting something else as close in value is just a mistake. I hear that. I just think I disagree. I think they're just fine without him. I think, I mean, even this summer, if they simply release him and free up cap space, we don't, we're just fine without him. I don't see any well, holes on the roster we, without we, him, position wise. Well, I mean, at this point, y'all have already released him by not. He's not signed an extension. He, you didn't trade him. So he's basically already left for nothing. So. It's all. I mean, like you might as well use him while you got him. You know, I just don't think that team without Kyrie is just not seasoned enough to win a championship. Not enough. Not versus. I don't think that team could be OKC. I don't think that team. That team could maybe beat Houston if they're not on their shit. Portland. Portland would give y'all a hell of a series too. Denver, Denver probably could hang in with it, with y'all because they're just playing really good team basketball. And Isaiah's back. Uh, I don't know if oh, you saw yeah, him play saw last that, night. I saw that. I don't know how they're going to do with Isaiah because Denver's like the same thing. Isaiah's not as good as Kyrie, obviously, but like another ball-dominant player with a team that's been gelling pretty well with a lot, a lot of young players. Yeah, they've been doing great without him. Very good. Yeah, they were giving the Warriors a run for their money a while for a little bit. I just think that uh, all in all, you can't not play Kyrie. He's just too good of a player. Well, I agree. If he's there, you got to play him. Uh, I just don't. I, simple as this, I think the team's better off without him. Which is why you guys aren't going to have him next, uh, next season. Yeah, this offseason, that's why you're not going to have him. So I'm not saying that you should have to keep him or anything. But if you expect to go into next season without picking up another star to replace Kyrie and y'all expect to win a championship, it's just a bad, it's a bad assumption, bad expectation. All right, let's get over to the Western Conference. Um, I've been very outspoken about the Lakers being a dumpster fire this season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think LeBron has, in some respects, ran that organization into the ground in in the present tense. Um, I think Luke Walton's going to get fired before they play another basketball game. I think it's going terribly in L.A. for LeBron, especially relative to what he would have expected before the year. Talk Lakers. 
Well, Luke Walton's job is going to be safe until the end of the year. Genie Bus and Magic both agreed on that. The whole front office. Um, what's their GM's name? I can't think of it. Paul Unklin or Linklin or something like that. Isn't their okay. GM's name LeBron James? Could be. But, I don't know. Lakers, they are playing bad. They aren't doing as well as they thought. A lot of it, I blame. Most people are blaming LeBron, but LeBron's missed 18 games. Before that, before he went out, they were four, a four seed. Now they're a 10 seed. I say all the news media surrounding those young players getting traded really affected their play. And if I'm one of those one players, I got to be upset with the Lakers organization in general for being so. What's the word? So just blunt about it and everything, just not having any kind of, I don't know, not sugarcoating it at all, but it is an NBA business. They're young, young guys. They don't expect to know that, but their, their play was mostly due to them being offered them and the kitchen sink being offered for Anthony Davis. Um, I just think you got to look at magic and, I think it really starts with uh, this team's the team like on the floor dysfunction really starts with Luke Walton and LeBron's relationship because I don't think Luke Walton is the type of guy that would be able to work with a LeBron or be able to rein in a LeBron. And then those young players see that and they just they follow suit, you know. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think uh, Luke Walton does have a lot to do with it, but I almost think it's more to do with LeBron. Uh, LeBron's hard to coach. Um, in, in a certain respect, you almost need two different game plans as a head coach. You need a game plan when he's on the court, and you need a game plan for when he's not. That alone is difficult. Uh, but he's a personality. He's hard to manage. Um, I think LeBron being in LA has just been toxic for this young team. Uh, I know if I was a player, uh, a Brandon Ingram type, a young guy with a lot of potential who hasn't flourished yet, um, I would have been excited beyond explanation when LeBron says he's coming to the Lakers why wouldn't you I'd have been like I'm gonna this is gonna help my career I'm gonna become a lot better basketball player I'm gonna become a lot more knowledgeable I'm gonna have a lot more insight to the game and the business side of things and he just didn't show those guys that he cared about him he tried to trade basically every one of those young guys um, I know if I was one of them hopefully I like to think I'd be able to be a professional about it but I can't say it wouldn't affect me somehow. I would be very upset with LeBron. Um, not necessarily I'm mad at you and I'm, I'm going to throw a fit about it, but I, I would think LeBron quit on me in a type of way. And he even said in an interview recently, uh, he's not mad they didn't get AD because at this point he doesn't care about winning. Everything in his career is icing on the cake or anything that happens at this point in his career is just icing on the cake. Well, I saw that. I saw that. They tried to do him like they did in the first series saying that he put to when he first went to the finals versus the Mavs and they lost, they tried to do him like that, saying, Yo, you came here with all this game plan and stuff and you're getting here and it's not working out, so this is all on you. He did that again by saying that I've done everything. I'm good. This is just extra stuff. But I will say it's oh, what was I gonna say? I forgot. I had a really good point. Repeat your point you just said. Uh, I said, it's hard to coach LeBron. You need two game plans. I said, mm -hmm. if I was a young player, I'd have been excited when he came uh, because oh, okay, I would think you, it would help you. my career. But can you blame LeBron, though, 
if you're LeBron James, right, and you come to L.A., and you see that you got all this young talent, and then night in and night out, like, you got a, you got Brandon Ingram, right? He's a really good asset, asset, but personally, Brandon Ingram's just not the player to play for that Lakers team that you want to build. Ingram already should have been on the way out the door if I was the Lakers. But then Lonzo Ball, also inconsistently aggressive throughout the night. You got Kuzma, who's coming into his own, but he's not going to be able to create his own shot type of player. Like, he's like a third-best player on a championship team. So, with all this coming to light, like, if you are a player, yes, you got to be upset at LeBron or the Lakers organization in general just because they're talking about getting rid of you. But on the flip side, you got to be just as upset at them because you're like, we pay, if you're Lonzo, no. he picked you second overall, bro. Look at other people who was in Lonzo's oh, draft. Please. You got Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, all these other players. And they're like, you're, you're, you're just still kind of iffy. But LeBron Ingram. knew this. LeBron knew huh? all this coming in. He knew he, what the team was. He decided to go there anyway. Yeah, so, so you're going to hold it against LeBron when the team's not doing good? As if it's, as, uh, well, the team wasn't doing good when he stopped playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they got worse when the trade rumors came up around the trade deadline. Well, if you're a young player, how do you expect not to get talked about getting traded when you go from fourth to tenth in the Western Conference? Because like, the best player on the team's hurt. Why do we need a trade? What? Because the best players on the team. The best player on the team is hurt. Why would we trade? Trading players is a, is like saying Kyle Kuzma is the second best player. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, on a championship team, he's the third best player. You're well, he's not on a championship us. team. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make us a championship team. That's what they said. They knew that coming in, they had LeBron join because he knew they had young pieces they could either trade or develop. He knew they had cap space for one other big time superstar. That's the reason he came to LA because they had assets and pieces for either getting another superstar <clears throat> superstar this season or next season. I remember in the off season, this past off season, there was reports of Magic talking about um, the first season isn't going to be the defining thing for their that like the Lakers and LeBron ten years success. They're, the next season, the second season, is what it's going to be all about. LeBron and Magic's gone on record multiple times saying, "If I've been a failure if the second season we're not competing for a championship or a win. I don't know if he said win or compete. I'm going to just give him the benefit of the doubt and say compete. The Lakers may not make the playoffs. Kings are playing really good basketball right now. I mean, they lost the other night. All right, the Lakers lost the other night to the, I think it was the Hawks, right? And the Atlanta Hawks got double. blown out. Yeah, but LeBron had a triple-double. So, like, LeBron's playing well. He's doing his thing. And you got a whole cast of young talent who's not being talented. So all you are now is trading piece. You got to know that. And especially if you're a young player, like you got to have a manager or somebody who's telling you this information. Like, if you play bad one night, you got to have that one person. I don't know the system or anything, how players work, but I know if I'm playing, I have to have someone who's looking from a non-biased standpoint telling me, like, you're not looking so hot right now. You know what I'm saying? So they got to know if they're not winning, they can't expect to keep their job for too long. You know what I'm saying? And then when 
they are losing, they can't look at LeBron like, yo, this is your fault because we're about to get traded because you have so much trade influence. When he's hurt, he's not even playing, and y'all just dropped six seeds. Like, I don't know if they have a right to blame someone, you know? I'm The blame game is all fun, and I love playing it, but I really just want to point out that it's a dumpster fire. He went there because they have all these young guys and all these draft picks and these assets, and he didn't do anything with them. And I think Magic he, he, didn't do anything with them. They LeBron were either going to win LeBron this season. LeBron approves, but LeBron doesn't call other teams uh, GMs and stuff because that's tampering. Nobody Magic meets with Anthony Davis them. for dinner in L.A. But Anthony Davis is a player, not a GM. Exactly, and that's why it was tampering, because two players basically said, screw a contract and screw an organization. We're going to do this Wait, how we want to do it. Do you think that all those players who dap each other up before games and stuff and like cover their mouths with their t-shirts, what do you think they're talking about? Like, yo, just slide through to Minnesota, bro. Hey, that's what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, but then they don't go do it. LeBron actually I mean, went and did it. I think LeBron has a lot more control than you're giving him credit for. I'm not saying he doesn't have any control. I'm just saying, like, you can't put this all on LeBron just because he's the best player on the team. Just because he chose to go somewhere and, like, the plan's not working out so far. It's not all LeBron's fault. LeBron's not chasing anything right now. He's just adding to the accolades. Like, if he was, like, right now, Kuzma and Ingram and them, they're, they're chasing right now. They're the ones that are in need of validation as a basketball player you know what i'm saying yeah look Whereas, the, the lakers are dumpster fired they i can't argue that because they're they went they dropped six seeds their coach is not able to have good feels and conversations and able to get a grip with any of his players like i mean magic johnson's four tampering charges um i just they are a dumpster fire but i don't know if you can say it, like, you can blame LeBron for going there because you were like, yeah, you're a dumbass because that was, yeah, that was a bad plan, bro. But, like, you can't blame him for, uh, what am I trying to say? You can't blame him for, like, everything that's happened, you know? I think I can blame him for most of it. You can blame him for dropping six seeds when he was hurt? I can blame him for making the team worse when he was hurt, yeah. I think if he was less... I mean, he may have messed up, like, chemistry, but, like, at the same time, while he's messing up chemistry, what the people he's messing up chemistry with, they're messing up the team's record. You right, because of like, LeBron's course of actions. Like, it, all right, so... Here, uh... Let's say... How am I trying to put this? Uh, You and... You work for your friend, right? And you, you two are really close, and you just sweep hallways, right? And he leaves and stops sweeping hallways, like, yo, you got this, right? You sweep, but you, you just missing everything. He comes back and is like, all right, man, I got to find a replacement. You're going to blame him for leaving and just telling you he's going to find a replacement, which makes you sweep even worse? Or are you going to blame the person who originally wasn't doing their job? If I was that friend who stayed in the position after my friend left, and after he left, he started talking shit about me, or saying, or went to my boss and didn't come to me and was like, "Hey, get rid of that guy, get this guy instead," and I heard about that, I'd be pissed. Performed? I'd be pissed. 
Even if, I was, even, if you, even if you know you haven't been up to par. He needs I to mean, come to me. You need to talk to me about it. Don't just go to my boss and try to get rid of me. But like, it's childish. Okay, at the same time, I understand that. That's how the, I would feel the exact same if I was one of those players. But if I'm LeBron James, I'm not going to go talk to this 18-year-old kid or anything. I'm going to go to Magic and be like, yo, go get me a real man that can actually play. Like, these dudes, they're not doing it. I'm sure he's had plenty of times because they had a plenty of times. They were playing great basketball before LeBron got hurt. He, they had plenty of time to bond and everything. Like, the Lakers were on the come up before he got hurt. I think the, the Lakers, Lakers were, would still be a top six seed at this moment in time if LeBron James acted respectfully towards Luke Walton in general and if he didn't try to trade all those young players. Well, the Luke Walton thing is time, it's hard to time, like kind of put a timeline on that. But with the the trade of the players, that didn't come up until like mid-January, like late January, coming up on the trade deadline. A lot of that talk didn't start until then. But by that point, they had already dropped to like fighting for the eighth seed. Yeah, I agree with that. But they kept falling. I think that throughout the time that LeBron wasn't playing, they seemed to get worse and worse. And I think they got worse and worse because there was just so much tension and it was such a toxic situation. And it still is. Yeah, I just, I feel like the main issue though, as far as personnel for Lakers, you're going to need a more dominant coach. Like a more, a coach is going to be able to have some people respect him. That's for sure. I agree with that. I agree Another with superstar that. of some kind, obviously. Because you have contracts or you have space to sign one. So at least get one in the offseason. And if I were the Lakers, I'd trade. I got it. I'm trading Ingram for something. Because he's, he's good enough to get something. But the way he plays isn't like going to fit with LeBron or the Lakers. Yeah, I agree. They got to trade Ingram. That's enough of the Lakers for right now. I want to ask about the Eastern Conference Finals before we head out. Who's going to win that series? If you had to guess right now, I know it's a ways off, a lot of factors, but who do you think is coming out of the East? At this very moment, if I had to put a lot of money on it, I'm going to say I got to go with Toronto just based on the fact they have too many pieces that are consistent pieces, whereas you look at all the other teams, you're still worrying if Boston is going to fully tidy everything up. Philadelphia, they got, they just got Tobias, but they don't have a bench. Then Milwaukee, they're still missing another star. So I feel like Toronto is pretty much the team to look out for. There you go. Toronto Raptors, 2019 Eastern Conference champs. They're going to lose in the finals. Their cousins on the Warriors fits like a glove. You very well may be right. All right, Daryl, it's very good having you on your show today. Thanks so much for being here. We'll have you again on soon, all right? Thank you for having me.